Hey there, I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher, with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, then you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. In today's episode, you are going to learn the expression to make waves and stick around to learn about the Great Lakes in Canada. Hey there guys, how's it going? I hope you're having an amazing week. I am pre-recording this episode because I am going back to California next week. So on Monday, I am heading off to San Diego for a week and then I'm going to Los Angeles. So as you might know, I went to San Diego last summer with my husband. He works for a company that is based in San Diego. And then we took a week off in San Diego to explore. But this time we're heading to LA. So I'm really looking forward to that. But I want for you guys to have an episode while I'm away. So I'm pre-recording this one for you. I also wanted to chat with you a little bit about a really interesting documentary that I watched last night. It's called American Factory and it actually won the Oscar this year for the best documentary and it's available on Netflix. It was really interesting. It's basically about a Chinese company, a Chinese glass making company that sets up operations in Ohio where there was a former GM plant. I think it was a GM plant, but this area in Ohio and this part of the United States is called the Rust Belt because there was a lot of car manufacturing done there. And a lot of these plants have closed and a lot of people have been out of work. So this Chinese company came in and they make glass for cars. So windshields and windows and things like that. And kind of what the documentary was all about was this conflict between cultures. So the Chinese work in a very different way than the Americans work. And so there was definitely some problems with the Chinese coming in, trying to train the Americans in the same way that they would expect the Chinese workers to do things. And that made me think a little bit about you as a listener and how you might be working in Canada or be planning to work in Canada and how maybe you might have a bit of struggle adapting to this new culture's workplace. And I've had experience with this. I worked abroad in Ireland at a big company and it was really different, even though it was my same language, they speak English in Ireland, I still had to adapt to this country's cultural work style. So I've been thinking about that a little bit and it might be something that I'm going to discuss on a future episode with you guys, more about Canadian work culture and what it would be like for you to go work at a company in Canada, what's expected, what's normal, all these things. I think it's pretty interesting. So that's in the back of my head. It's something that I'm probably will try and create an episode on for you guys. And again, if you have any suggestions on things you'd like me to talk about on the podcast, 
I create this podcast for you. So I would love to know what you would like me to talk about. You can drop me an email, Dana at canlearnenglish.com, or you can join the podcast listeners group on Facebook. If you just search Can Learn English podcast listeners in Facebook, the group will pop up. But anyway, let's get into our episode today. As you heard in the beginning, our expression is to make waves. As we always do, we're going to define the words in this expression. So there's just two. Uh, we have make, which is to build, create, or produce something by work or effort. And then we have waves. And the word wave has a lot of different definitions. Wave can mean to move your hand or something, usually your hand, to signal or to greet someone. It can mean to move something back and forth. So you wave a flag or you wave a wand if you're a wizard. <laughs> and it can also be an area of moving water that is raised above the main surface of an ocean or a lake. So you might see waves when you go to the beach. And something can also have the shape of a wave. It can be like someone's hair is wavy. It's in the shape of a wave. But when we use the expression to make waves, I like to think of wave in the sense of the ocean because waves can be very destructive, right? If you have big waves, they can cause damage. If someone is making waves, they cause a disturbance or controversy or they shock or upset people by doing something different. So let's go back to this documentary I talked about in the beginning, American Factory. Now imagine you are one of the Chinese workers who has been hired to come over and to train the Americans. Now, as we talked about, the Americans have a certain specific work ethic that doesn't really align with how the Chinese want to do things. So when they come over, they are making waves because they're causing a disturbance and they're upsetting people by doing something different. You might have a friend who is a little bit difficult and argues with people everywhere they go. You know, these people that drama just seems to follow. You might say, Ugh, I don't want to invite her. She's always making waves. She's always creating problems with other people. But to make waves doesn't always have to be negative. We often hear this expression when something happens to radically change or make an influence in a particular industry. Now, I found an article from narcity.com, which was talking about how Prince Harry took a flight from the UK to Vancouver with WestJet, which is a discount airline carrier in Canada. And this is what the article said. Prince Harry's WestJet flight is making waves across the country as people have a lot to say about him flying with a Canadian carrier. So in this case, when we say making waves, we're saying it's bringing a lot of influence. It's getting a lot of people talking. And you can think of when waves start happening, there's a lot of action going on. Now you know how to use this expression and you can try and use it in your daily interactions with English the next time that you feel like it would work. And now we're gonna talk about something great in Canada, something that often has waves. Yep, we're talking about the Great Lakes. So there are five Great Lakes in Canada. They are named Lake Superior, Lake Huron, Lake Michigan, Lake Ontario, and Lake Erie. 
Now, it's useful to note that Lake Michigan is entirely in the United States. But all of these five lakes make up the largest body of fresh water on Earth and account for 20% of all of the fresh water on the surface of the planet. The lakes contain 84% of the surface fresh water of North America. And this is a really interesting fact. And I want you to try and visualize this. So if you took all the water that's in the Great Lakes and evenly distributed across the continent of North America, it would reach a depth of 1.5 meters. Now these giant lakes are very similar to the sea, and this has earned them the nickname Inland Seas because they have rolling waves, sustained winds, strong currents, great depths, and distant horizons. When you are standing at one end of the Great Lakes, you cannot see land on the other side. The Great Lakes began to form at the end of the last glacial period around 14,000 years ago as retreating ice sheets exposed the basins that they had carved into the land, which then filled with meltwater. The lakes are so big that they influence the weather. Now, I'm not a meteorologist, but I'll do my best to explain. There is an effect called the lake effect. So even when it's cold in the middle of winter, the middle of the lakes don't completely freeze. So when cold winds come in from the west, they pick up the warm air and moisture from the middle of the lake. And then this slightly warmer and moist air blows over the solid ground, which is much cooler, the land surface. And then moisture produces heavy snowfalls and bands, which are often called streamers. And the areas that receive this snowfall are called snow belts. And there's several spots in Ontario that are considered snow belts. They get a lot of heavy snow that accumulates really fast. In the summer, the Great Lakes also help intensify storms, such as the 2011 Godrich, Ontario tornado, in which a water spout tornado, so the tornado was in the middle of the lake, it moved onshore and it caused a lot of damage and devastation to the area. Rather large and severe thunderstorms covering wide areas are well known in the summer in the Great Lakes. These storms mainly occur during the night and they sometimes have small embedded tornadoes, but more often they just have winds and intense lightning. Today, the Great Lakes are a popular recreation spot for boating, fishing, swimming, and other recreational activities, but you do need to be cautious when swimming in these vast lakes. Remember how I said they're like inland seas? Well, they do act like the sea in the sense that they can have rip currents. So unlike a riptide, which is influenced by the tide in the ocean, rip currents occur with or without tides. They're powerful channeled currents of water flowing away from shore, and they typically extend from the shoreline through the surf zone, past the line of breaking waves, and rip currents can occur at any beach with breaking waves, including the Great Lake beaches. A rip current is a horizontal motion, not a vertical motion, so they don't pull people under the water, they pull people away from the shore. And the rip current is typically strongest about a foot off the bottom, which can cause your feet to be knocked out from you, making it feel like you're being pulled under. And this is where you'll hear the term 
under tow, which isn't entirely correct because you're not getting pulled under, you're getting pulled away. But if you think about it, you can get pulled under in just a foot of water. So people who are not strong swimmers, if they wade into the lake, so if they just not go swimming, but just decide to stand there and there's a strong rip current, they can actually be sucked under. So you have to be cautious. I used to be a lifeguard when I was a teenager. So I'm always thinking about water safety. So if you're not a strong swimmer or you're not confident swimming, then you should definitely head to a beach where there is a lifeguard present because it's their job to make sure that everyone's safe. I hope you liked these Great Lake facts. The Great Lakes are very close to my heart as I grew up in the Great Lake region in Canada between Lake Huron and Lake Erie. I spent probably equal time swimming in those lakes when I was a child and I love heading back to the beach whenever I'm back in Canada. That's it for our episode today. Please support this free podcast by liking, sharing, and subscribing. If you would like to keep learning English with me, then I invite you to check out my online English program called the CanLearn English Academy, and you can get all the details about that by going to canlearnenglish.com forward slash join. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.